Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode five of the Nosebleeds podcast. My name is Alfonso Bruin, and on today's episode, we discuss the Buccaneers. Yes, that's right. My favorite NFL football team, the Buccaneers, and the big decisions that will literally make or break this team. All my Bucks, Bucks fans, this is going to be an episode you are going to really, really, really enjoy and really want to listen to. So um, I know all you guys will enjoy it. So go ahead, plug in those headphones and rock with your boy. Episode five. Let's go. everyone i hope everybody is enjoying their sunday as i am actually whatever day you are listening to this podcast i hope you are just having an amazing day a great day definitely sending out positive energy and positive vibes your way that's always needed okay now since that is said let's go ahead here and get started with this discussion so bucks fans football fans period i'm going to read you these names now these names are quarterbacks that have played for the Bucks. okay? So let's go down the line here. Vinny Testaverde, Steve Young, Doug Williams, Josh Freeman. What do all of these quarterbacks have in common? Well, none of them have gotten a second contract from the Bucks. As I say that, here is, as we know, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is coming up and is basically in negotiations to hopefully sign for a second contract with the Buccaneers. Um, And really, this decision would either set back the franchise another five years or possibly give the franchise and provide to them the much-needed stability that they have been seeking. Uh, In my opinion, the Bucs need to sign Jameis Winston. They really do. Jameis Winston is only 26 years old. 26 years old. So Jameis Winston came into the league in 2015. Okay. We have seen ups and downs from Jameis, but you can literally say that for any quarterback. Jameis Winston is literally hitting his prime and we can't act like we have not seen and we have not or were not shown the progression from Jameis each year. Now, there's only one thing that really hasn't, um, I will say, quote-unquote, been getting better. But, but in a way, it has. Um, his turnovers has gone down. His fumbles have gone down. I believe last year, 2019, the 30 interceptions was an anomaly. Well, a lot of people have to understand, Jameis Winston is the type of quarterback. He's going to always be a, be around or hover around the 13, 14, 15, maybe even high, the highest 18 interception range because that's just the type of 
quarterback that he is. That's the mentality that he asks. And really, that's basically what his team asks him to do. His team asks him to carry an offense. So Jameis Winston is going to always have those numbers, those gaudy kind of like video game numbers. But I feel like this year, this this past 2019 year, was really an anomaly for the interception. Uh, we even heard Bruce Arians say after plenty of games, as I stated in my last podcast, that a lot of interceptions were not Jameis Winston's fault, uh, which really, after you watch the film, after you watch the game, you can easily see, yeah, he's right, based off of the concepts, based off of the, the routes that they, either the wide receiver ran or the effort that was given, uh, i.e. Mike Evans <laughs> uh, during the Panthers game. It, it just, it's just a lot of things played into this year as to why Jameis Winston numbers look the way that they did. But the Bucs really cannot mess around here with this particular situation. They, they, they have to get a long-term deal done. And if they do that, they can truly add, as I stated, stability to the franchise. Now, as far as for the fans go, this is the most split I have ever, I have ever seen on a player to either going to be coming back or leaving the Buccaneers. I mean, Jared McCoy, we experienced this a little bit with, with Jared McCoy, but not to the extent of Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston is such a, a he's such a polarizing figure. And his past allegations at LSU, I mean, at FSU, I'm sorry, LSU, FSU, uh, doesn't really make things any better for him. Um, fans on the side of bringing him back, as I believe the Bucks should do, are seeing the bigger picture. We see the upside from Jameis. We see this is going to be his second year in Bruce Arians' offense. Second-year quarterbacks in Bruce Arians' offense really blossom and really are able to show a better understanding of the offense as well as their weapons, such as, i.e., wide receivers, running backs. Everything works hand-in-hand. But there are fans on the other side who just want to really just get rid of Jameis. They are completely done with him. They're not really seeing the bigger picture here. They're, They're just stuck in the Bucks are not winning. It has to be the quarterback. Let's just get rid of him. First off, as I stated, a lot of fans blame Jameis for a lot of the losses. And unfairly blames him for a lot of the losses and places a lot of the franchise failures on him. But really, as Bucks fans, we have to really be honest with ourselves and we have to be honest with the team's history and what we're watching. It's not like the Bucks are, i.e., a Patriots, where they're, they're a dynasty and they're, they're consistently winning. The Bucks has been a losing franchise for years. <laughs> okay, the Bucks have lost before Jameis, and they will lose after Jameis on the simple fact of because that's just what Tampa Bay has been known for. They have been known for losing. Hopefully that changes with Jameis Winston, as I believe it will with Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians, with Jason Light, 
picking the players at the head of everything. But the Bucks have always been a losing franchise. So Jameis Winston was drafted to one of the worst franchises in the NFL. And you can't really focus on win-loss records because when you're drafted in that position where you're going to the worst franchise literally in the NFL at that moment of time and has shown you that they are a consistent loser, it's going to be hard to try to not only win but change the culture of that franchise. It doesn't just take a quarterback. It takes everyone on board to change a culture of a franchise. And Jameis Winston, yes, he has the tools. He has the intangibles to lead a franchise, but he needs help. He's finally got the coaching. Jason Light is finally drafting the correct players that needs to be drafted. Hopefully they draft an offensive tackle in the first round this year so we can shore up some of the offensive line and draft, hopefully, Donovan Smith replacement and so he can move to the right side or draft DeMar Dotson replacement so – Basically, we can slide Donovan Smith over. However, however we want to, we want to work or or just keep Donovan Smith there. So, but let's go ahead here and 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 break down the negative Nancys and the people who don't want Jameis back. Let's go ahead here and talk about the first reason why they don't want Jameis Winston back. The first reason is win loss record. As I stated, judging a quarterback off of a win loss record is something you just can't do because. Whether you win or whether you lose a game, uh, your team basically has to perform either well or basically are going to suck in order for you to either win or lose a game. Football is such a team-oriented sport. It's not like basketball where you can have the best basketball player on the court and your team literally is going to have the shot to either win a championship or come close to winning a championship. If you have the best two players on the team – more than likely, you're going to win the game. That's not the case for football. Football is a more team-oriented sport. Uh, and when I look at Jameis, and when I look at, for instance, a Matthew Stafford, and I see them with my eyes, I see how the way they play, I see uh, what they're being asked to do, I see the team around them, and it just makes me sit back and, and say to myself, well, really, in all honesty, they don't have the necessary tools that are needed to be winners in this league and the Bucks have never had a complete team around Jameis to actually win okay for example let me let me give you let me let me read to you some of these stats here the Bucks defense have finished 25 or lower in points per game allowed in the in three out of the five years Jameis has been here so Guys, there's 32 teams in the NFL. Okay. The Bucs is literally bottom seven in three of the five years Jameis has been here. Okay. That's 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 terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. That's just that just can't happen. That means the Bucs couldn't stop a nosebleed. You get it? <laughs> you get it. They could not stop a nosebleed. Okay. Average points led up in 2019. They led up 28.9 points okay which when you think about it it's it's kind of pretty bad because that was with the defense coming on strong last year 
when the season started, defense was terrible. The defense was giving up points to Daniel Jones. I mean, they made Daniel Jones look like Peyton Manning. I happened to go to that game, me, my girlfriend, and, and my father and my mom. And let's just say, let's just say we left the game pretty disappointed in what happened. Every Bucks fan know what happened. We know the camp, the comeback happened. So it it, it was just, just not good. Just not good. Uh, but let's not stop there, okay? The Bucks averaged twenty nine point one points per game given up, which was second to last in the league in twenty eighteen. The year of Mike Smith. So <laughs> that means the Bucks were letting up pretty much 30 points a game. So imagine you are a quarterback, right? Okay. You are a quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your defense is letting up basically 30 points a game. What do you think your mindset is going to be? in order for your team to win the game. It's not going to be, oh, I can't make no mistakes. Oh, I got to take what the defense gives you. Your mindset has to be, I have to come out aggressive, and I have to come out looking to score points because I know if we don't score points, my defense is going to allow the other team to score points. So that puts more pressure on Jameis to perform and play to at a certain way to where he shouldn't have to play. Uh, thirty scoring thirty points a game should be enough for any team to win. Hell, scoring twenty five plus in today's league should be enough for any team to win. Not the Bucks, <laughs> not the Bucks. The Jameis literally has to score thirty plus each week in order for the Bucks to win. That's just not the case. Hopefully, it is the case. It's not the case next year going into the season. Defense, as I stated, came on strong at the end of 2019. Hopefully those things can pick up after themselves and lead over and bleed over into the next season. Okay, but let's continue with 2017. In 2017, the Bucks defense led up 23.9 points. Okay, places them in second Per game record of five and eleven. Five and eleven. Okay. And 2016, the one year the Bucks gave Jameis just an average defense. I'm not talking about, you know, a top 10 defense. None of that. I'm talking about an average defense. They were ranked 15th in points allowed in 23.1 points a game. And guess what the Bucks record was? They finished nine and seven. Okay, nine and seven and just missing the playoffs. Actually, they just barely missed the playoffs in 2015. Once again, defense was bad. 26 points per game, giving up at least 26 points a game. <laughs> and the team record. Go ahead and guess it. <laughs> you already know it was it was a losing record. Their team record was six and ten. And also that was. The Bucks last year of having a 1,000-yard rusher in Doug Martin, who rushed for 1,402. Mind you, 2015 was Jameis Winston rookie season. <laughs> so, so let's put that let's put that into perspective here. Okay, 
The last time the Bucks have had an 1,000-yard rusher was Jameis Winston rookie season. Jameis Winston been in the league and was drafted in 2015. He started his Bucks, his first Bucks game in 2015. So in four out of the five years, the Bucks have not had a 1,000-yard rusher. Not even come close to sniffing a 1,000-yard rusher. That's ridiculous. There's been there's been a lot of games over the past years where Jameis Winston, who is not known for his running ability, to be leading the team in rushing. <laughs> that's 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 pathetic. That's that's pathetic. That's not that's not good. Okay, when you topple on no defense, when you topple on no running game, and then you also play into the fact his offensive line is not that good. Uh, what are, you, what are you expecting to happen? And still, the Bucks are putting up numbers that this franchise has never seen. Top five in passing. Top five in scoring. Any, everything. Jameis Winston has literally been the most consistent thing, good thing for this team the past five years. Why would you want to get rid of that? Why would you want to get rid of something that's been so consistent, something that's been basically top five for your team? It just, it just makes no sense. And he has shown you, you don't even have to give me an all-out great defense. If you give me an average defense, I can win. If you give me a good defense, I can win. And even in 2019, people want to talk about the interceptions, oh, the 30 interceptions. But let's not forget, they kind of go against their narrative because when the defense was, you know, was on fire, you know, to end the, the to end the year, the Bucks was winning games. <laughs> the Bucks was winning games, point blank period. You can you can say, oh, Jameis Winston had an interception. You can say, but for you to be and state that. The reason why you don't want Jameis back is because of his win-loss record. And when he finally gets a defense that is either good or average and they're winning, doesn't matter the interceptions, then your point just kind of goes out the window. It, it, it doesn't make sense. So really, all the books really need is a consistent running game, a consistent defense, and an offensive line that can open up holes and can block for the man. There were so many times last year, and so many plays, really, throughout Jameis Winston's five years here, where Jameis Winston could have been sacked, gets out of a sack, throws a ball, gets a first down. There's been, there's been so many, or or or, or throws it away, or or does or throws an interception. <laughs> I mean, there's been so many. There's been numerous times where Jameis Winston has escaped sacks. He he has an amazing ability to. To be able to to escape sacks, break tackles in the pocket, uh, get away from defenders. He's he's a very strong guy. So that's another trait that Jameis Winston has that a lot of quarterbacks just don't have. And and being on this team with the team dynamic, you need that. That is something that is very important because as I stated, the Bucks offensive line is not that good. So you need someone who can be able to Scramble outside the pocket, get outside the pocket, break a sack here or there, show off his escapability, 
and find the open man. You need that in this particular style of team and offense, and Jameis Winston presents that. Okay. Now, next and lastly, there is a percentage of fans who are basically on the side of, yeah, we're not, we're not, we don't want Jameis. Jameis, Jameis, he's he's terrible. They really think that there is someone else out there that are better options than Jameis. Well, <laughs> let, let's let's go ahead here and take a look at those options. So, number one option that we will discuss, Tom Brady. Guys, <laughs> Tom Brady is not coming here. Okay? I'm sorry to bust your bubble. <laughs> okay, Thomas, Tom Brady wants to win. Okay, he wants to win a Super Bowl. Okay, the only two teams that really present those things for him at this very moment, which will make the most complete sense, are either the Patriots or the Titans. Okay, those are really the two teams that I look at and say, well, if Tom Brady was to play next year for a team, it would definitely be those two teams because literally the Titans are building themselves modeling themselves after the Patriots. Mike Vabrell, a very, very good coach, very well-disciplined team. The Titans are not going to beat themselves. Tom Brady fits in with that culture. He fits in with the coaching. He fits in with what the Titans need at this moment of time. And then, of course, if he stays with the Patriots, I mean, Tom Brady has been a Patriot for his whole life. It's no reason for him not to continue to be a Patriot and retire as a Patriot. Tom Brady does not want to come here, okay? A lot of people got to understand, not everyone wants to join your team. The Bucks, whether we like it or not, are, are known as a losing franchise, okay? It would take an astronomical amount of money for Tom Brady to even think about coming here. And at that moment in time, what would be, why would you do that? You still have other players that you need to sign. You still have a Shaq Barry you need to sign. You still have a JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul that you need to sign. You still have an Adamkin Sue that you're thinking about signing. You still have a Ryan, uh, a, a, a Nassib that you're still thinking about signing. So it makes no sense. And the only reason why people are, are stating Tom Brady is because during the week of the combine, Bruce Aarons literally, in, in, in short words, uh, basically states that Tom Brady would, would definitely be a great option here in Tampa. And a lot of people are taking Bruce Arians' words and they're looking at it as, oh my God, Tom Brady has a chance to come here. I'm taking it as Bruce Arians is using Tom Brady as a negotiation tactic. He's using him as, hey, Jameis, um, we're trying to really scare you into taking a, a less money <laughs> so we can sign these other guys. That's really what the Bucks are doing. Um, I don't want to say that they are lowballing them because I don't know what particular figure that they're that they're offering Jameis. But it's not. Let's just say it's not the figure that they want to sign Jameis to. The Bucks are trying to sign Shaq Barrett and Jameis to the most team friendly deals possible. Okay, that's just how negotiation works. 
All right. There has been nothing that Bruce Arians have said or Jason Light has said that I have taken as, oh, they don't believe in Jameis. I believe everything that has came out of both of their mouths have been from the standpoint of, hey, we, we're, we're going to say this because of negotiation talk. I truly believe when Ronnie Barber went on, what is that, 620 WDAE, and, and he said what he said, I mean, once again, that's levying negotiation talks. The more people who drives down Jameis' value, really in the media, the more or basically the better deal the Bucks can get. Okay? So that's really how I look at it. Okay? Tom Brady's not coming here. <laughs> Point blank. Okay. Option two. Phillip Rivers. <laughs> oh, my God. Phillip Rivers. Really? Phillip Rivers. So, you want an older, less talented version at this point in the time of Jameis Winston. Let that sink in. <laughs> Let that sink in. You want a older, lesser talented Jameis Winston quarterbacking the Buccaneers. Let me go ahead and give you a big fat Hell no. It doesn't make sense. It's something the Bucks should not do. Why would you do that? You are basically downgrading. You're going to downgrade from a young quarterback who's potentially hitting his prime and essentially about to take off into this offense, and you're going to pick up a old veteran quarterback who is losing arm strength and is known for throwing a high amount of picks as Jameis is, why would you do that? And on top of that, he has to learn Bruce Arians' offense. No, sir. No, sir. That's not going to happen. Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> is option three. And lately that has been the, I don't know, the the hot tamale, the the hot sauce, the the hottest thing around town, uh, the hottest take here in Tampa. It's it's oh the Bucks are going to try to switch or flip flop with the Saints, Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis. Jameis Winston, first off, he wants to be a starter. Okay, Jameis Winston's not going to go nowhere and be a backup. I don't know why a lot of people have this notion or this narrative that Jameis Winston doesn't have. It's not going to have value. Okay, Jameis Winston is definitely going to have value. If Nick Foles, okay, okay, had value, Jameis Winston is going to have value. Like I stated, the Bucks are a losing franchise. Okay, all right, that's how other teams, other organizations look at Tampa. They see the talent, but yet they see the culture here. So. There is no telling what the value is for Jameis. You don't know, just like I don't know. But I have a great, great feeling that the value for Jameis is very high and higher than what a lot of fans are expecting. Believe it. If Jameis Winston was to hit the market, teams would be on his phone the second free agency starts. You best believe it. And they will offer him a contract to the point where the Bucks will not be able to match. Okay? So the Bucks should not play this game. All right. But let's me going on a tangent. Okay? 
let's get back to the Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis thing. So Jameis Winston is not going to go anywhere to be a backup quarterback. Secondly, the Saints don't have the money for it. <laughs> like, why would you pay Jameis Winston 20-plus to be a backup, and then you're paying Drew Brees, what, 30-plus to be a backup? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't, you're, you're going to be forfeiting over about 50 to, to 70 million in quarterbacks, and only one of them can play. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, it's not logical, okay? Third point. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't fit what Bruce Arians is trying to do. This is the same Bruce Arians who didn't change his system, and we had injuries <laughs> on the offensive line in the Panthers game. He did not change up what we were going to do. We were still running seven-step drops. Jameis, you hit the deep ball, no risk it, no biscuit. Mind you, our offensive line is already was already poor last year. Okay? We had injuries. <laughs> Okay, and he still kept the same game plan. So you really think he's going to change for another quarterback? Fourth point, and it's a point for all these quarterbacks that I'm going to mention. They have to learn the offense. <laughs> okay, they're going to have to learn the offense. So basically, you're wasting a year. <laughs> You're basically wasting a year of the quarterback trying to learn the offense. And Teddy Bridgewater is a game manager. The Bucs are not in a moment of time where they need a game manager. They need a guy who's going to be able to carry the offense. Jameis Winston can do that. He can do that in spurts. Teddy Bridgewater can't do that. There's no Alvin Kamara on this team. The Saints offensive line, way better than the Bucs offensive line. Teddy, Bridger, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get killed here, okay? Teddy Bridgewater has been a backup his whole career, and really it just it just doesn't make sense. Scheme fit, just it just doesn't make sense at all. Ryan Tannehill, hell no. That's all I need to say. Marcus Mariota, no. <laughs> no, okay? So, with all that being said... I believe the Bucks should bring back Jameis Winston. The Bucks need to pay Jameis Winston market value. Okay. A lot of people like to say, oh, he's not worth 30 million. It doesn't matter what you say he's worth. A lot of people don't understand that. It matters on what is the market value. Okay. If the market value says pay Jameis Winston 30 million, you pay him 30 million. It's that simple. It's, it's not it's not rocket science. And a lot of people don't even understand how contracts work. Just because they say $30 million a year in a contract, you can definitely backload the contract to the point where, let's just say Jameis Winston is making $28 million first year, right? Then he's making a little bit over 30 the next year, then 30 You get what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's different ways that you can work out a contract <laughs> in order for it to get done. And I feel like that's where the Bucks and and Jameis party is at right now. They're still working out the fixes of how the contract is going to be scheduled and how the contract is going to work. That's why I feel like is the the biggest miscommunication. I don't believe it's money. I believe the Bucks is willing to pay Jameis right now the money. Of course they're playing a little bit hardball, but the Bucks know that they're going to have to pay Jameis the market value. CBA is is 
the money's going to go up anyway, so it's not like they're not going to have the money. I just feel like now, right now, they're arguing over semantics of how the money is going to be paid. Same thing with Shaq Barrett. Okay, a lot of you guys want Shaq Barrett to be signed. It's the reason why Shaq Barrett hasn't been signed. The Bucks are trying to work out, trying to figure out a way, hopefully, <laughs> of how the contracts are going to be laid out. Alrighty, guys. Well, this is going to wrap up episode five. Uh, I really, really enjoyed talking about my Bucks. Shout out to all the Bucks fans who are out there listening. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at the Nosebleeds Pod. Please follow your boy, uh, rock with me. And I really, really, really look forward to seeing and hearing from you guys who listen to the podcast, giving me your feedback, and also looking for your opinions as well. What do you think the Bucks should do? What do you think the Bucks should do with Jameis Winston? Let me know on my Twitter. Let me know in the comment section of my podcast. Let me know. All right. Everyone have a blessed, great rest of your day. And see you guys in episode six. Peace.